Welcome back to another episode of the Ottawa Podcast. We're first of all, I'm uh, Amon Bashir, sitting here with Keegan On and Rob Atrell. and our guest today is a manager, coach, and trainer at the Ottawa Academy, Ottawa Academy of Martial Arts. We should have had Keegan. Fred, do this one. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> I just uh, messed it up already. That's okay. Uh, Fred Stonehouse, how yeah. you doing? Great. How are you doing? Really, really well. Um, do you read all that from your phone? Nope. Yeah, it looks like you were reading it. Oh, I, I was. The whole intro. I'm thinking. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, one of those things. Uh, so before we uh, we get into everything that uh, that Fred does, we'll talk a bit about the beer we're drinking today. Rob. Yeah. Beer we have is a new uh, brew from Moosehead, which is a little further than we tend to go. We tend to stick around Ontario, but this time we saw this one in the beer store and decided to uh, to go a little further to Halifax. And uh, so, when you guys try this out, it's uh, it's called the Boundary Ale. Uh, it's got four hops and seven types of malt. So Keegan, you've tried some. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's very malty. It's like it's like uh, has like a good feedback, like a toffee-ish taste or something, or just something like sweet-ish. Right. I like beer in general. No, as I'm sure people people listening probably don't know that about me. <laughs> he says it every episode. <laughs> every episode. I don't like beer, but uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's yeah. Really yeah. One of the things we were just talking about is how, like, the big breweries, like Moosehead's a pretty well-known Canadian beer, but they they put out these sort of smaller production things and sort of more experimental. And so I'm always intrigued to at least try them out, give it a chance, even if it's not necessarily made by a small company or a small group of people. Right. It's it's noticeably different than the other craft beers we've had, let's say, from around Ottawa. Uh, it tastes... Well, again, I... When I hear Moosehead, I'm comparing it to Moosehead right away, and it's not all that un, unlike their standard Moosehead sort of lager. Is it a lager or whatever whatever it is? Yeah. But uh, it's it's good. It's good. It has a bit more um, body to it, if I can say that, I guess. But Definitely more good. flavor. Yeah. I, I, I'd say I like it more than I yeah. do Moosehead. Yeah. Maybe I'm used to Moosehead, but anyway. <laughs> that's all right. Keep it uh, up, Moosehead. All right, that's <laughs> that's the lesson here. Uh, but let's talk. Uh, let's talk to you, Fred. Uh, so something that we like to do when we start off the podcast is we want to like we want to learn uh, sort of a bit about your past because we really want to get to know you as a person. Yeah. So you know, first of all, where are you from? I've been born, raised Ottawa. Okay, my whole life here in Ottawa. Yeah, that's interesting. Where we're about. Uh, the South End, South Keys, actually. Okay. I lived in uh, the South Keys area for like 24, 25 years. Oh, Lord. Okay. There you go. Yep. And yep. then it's only recently I moved out kind of more to the, uh, close to the Carling location, uh, yep. right right near the Civic Hospital now. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Cool. And uh, and could you walk us through your path to uh, sort of where you are today? Yeah. yeah. So I guess my dad put me in martial arts. More for, uh, you know, he wanted his son to be able to protect himself. I have a lot of sisters. I have six sisters, too. So he wanted me, no, wanted them to learn how to defend themselves at least a little bit. And the son needed to be strong, right? So uh, he put me in it in Taekwondo, actually, at age almost three years old, around three. Wow. And uh, did Taekwondo for, I don't know, five five years or so. And then I switched to karate. And I did karate for 10 years. And uh, the karate school that I had gone to, it, it mingled in some kickboxing. It mingled in some boxing. It mingled in, 
even started doing a little bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And uh, at 18, I wanted to expand my horizons a bit. And I was like, man, you know, I, I think I think I could do well at this stuff. Uh, I just I was starting to understand my body better, and I was building confidence, and I wanted to kind of push the limits and and maybe compete and test and see just how good I was against other people that also train and also are uh, putting the time in to do the same thing. So I was at 18, I was looking around uh, the Ottawa area for a high-level martial arts school where competition was something, but they still had a traditional feel to right. it. And that's where I stumbled across uh, Awama and the Ottawa Academy of Martial Arts. And at 18 or 19, I I started, I just showed up one day and I'm like, yeah, sign me up. And I don't even <laughs> think I tried, I don't think I tried at a class or anything. Because yeah. I had done so much research and I had, uh, they, uh, the websites, the the level of competition they had, the what they taught the children, like all those things were things I were familiar with and I respected a lot. So I'm like, yeah, this is the school. And I came in strictly for Brazilian jiu-jitsu because uh, I, I was a third degree in karate. So I, I ah. thought I was like top-notch, man. Right. Of <laughs> yeah. I, like, I thought I knew how to punch and kick. Okay. So I, I, I went to a wall and I started doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And yeah, I, I figured uh, I wasn't going to do very well at it. I was a beginner at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, hadn't done any grappling, and yeah, I got smashed, and that was okay by me, because I wasn't afraid of hard work or being humbled, so uh, I jumped, within a month of signing up, I jumped into this elite program where the fighters train, and it's an extra amount of training, and all the competitors train, so within a month, I still knew less than nothing, I jump into the competitors training, and the the elite classes, and I got smashed, and then one day, nobody showed up for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and one of the instructors... Uh, crew Jeff was like, okay, get your gear on. We're going to spar. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, th- I had the background, right? I was a third degree in karate, of so course. I knew I knew sure. what striking was. Yeah. And uh, so I started training with Crew Jeff, and he kicked me in the leg. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he kicked me in the leg again. I'm like, this really hurts. What is going on? <laughs> and he kicked me in the leg. A th- I'm like, why are you doing And then he grabbed the back of my head, and he pulled my head down, and he started kneeing me. I'm like, you can... Why are you kneeing me? Because in karate, we don't have any of that stuff. No. In kickboxing, you can't kick below the waist and right. you can't grab them and there's no clinch. So all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, I don't know any striking. I thought I knew all this stuff. <laughs> so uh, with, I was humbled very quickly in all aspects and I basically started from scratch uh, at Awama. I had a good foundation of distance and timing and range and mm-hmm. uh, focus and you know some of the other character development traits, but... Talking about Muay Thai right now. Yeah, so when he beat me up, he beat me up with Muay Thai. Uh, I was already getting beat up in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I knew that was going to be a long road. I figured my striking was something that I'd had an upper hand on most people. And then I got smashed. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so I started training in everything. I started training in uh, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Tried to jump into wrestling. I was still going to college at the time um, for marketing. And... Uh, so I was trying to balance going to school, working at Costco, and training at the gym. And, uh, and when I graduated college, I had these opportunities to like work at a marketing firm. Sure. Some, some people I had met throughout my way and uh, networking. And I had the opportunity to work at a fairly high-level marketing place, like my own office. And they did a lot of commercials for television. Like They, they, they weren't any joke. And I was like how do I explain this to my parents that I want to do martial arts instead? <laughs> so after college, I didn't go after this marketing job where I knew it would have been comfortable and I knew I would have had a secure future. This business had been in business for a while yeah. and I knew the guy very well who, who owned it. 
But instead, I told him, I'm going to work at Costco. So I worked at Costco for two years. That's a tough decision. While I trained at the at Awama. And yeah. I would I even talked with the supervisors of Costco so I could get my my I was the only guy there who would like get his times shifted. There's like typical working hours that people work. Right. Typical shifts. And I had mine altered so I could make it to certain training sessions at Awama. And then uh through working at Costco and training at uh Awama, they kinda asked me, Hey, do you want to start doing pickups for ethics? For the after school program. I'm like, yeah, sure. Get, just get more involved in the gym. And then mm-hmm. from there it was, do you want to teach on weekends? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I'd work at Costco five to six days a week. And then I'd work at Awama five to six days a week. And then finally they're like, hey, do you just want to come on full time? I'm like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, see you at Costco. Yeah. And that, that was it. I was like, see you later. And then I worked, I've been working uh, full time for them ever since. It was very quick at first where I was just there to teach and I was kind of learning how to do the administrative stuff. And then within a couple of months, I was uh, put out in Rockland to kind of learn the vibe on how a new gym would be run. Mm-hmm. And then uh, shortly after, the guy who was running the gym, Nick, uh, had to be brought back to Carling for some uh, some sort of situation. So I started running the Rockland gym. And I've been running it for the last five years, five and a half years or so. Oh, wow. So that's, that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing the last five and a half years. And within that, they started asking me to compete. Yep. So maybe two and a half years ago almost three maybe I started competing in Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA and and now I'm running a gym teaching all day and uh, competing as much as I possibly can that's yeah. really cool uh, oh, that's, a, that's a heck of a path <laughs> yeah. it was a little uh, tricky yeah. <laughs> yeah but clearly you made it far enough in BJJ as well as Muay Thai uh, to be able to compete <laughs> yeah like, so. I, my skills have inevitably you know the People get frustrated at first because they don't see the results like that. They, it's, it is a long road and it's a discouraging road at times and a frustrating road. And people sometimes often use that frustration or uh, take that frustration as a negative and, yeah. and decide they're not good enough or they're too mm-hmm. hard on themselves. I keep telling like I have students in Rockland, the same idea where they are so hard on themselves. I'm like, man, don't beat yourself up. There's so many people in the gym that want to do that anyway. So <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to do that. So, <laughs> that makes sense. so use that frustration to get better. And if you stay consistent, you're inevitably going to get better. That makes sense. Yeah. So what does it mean to run a gym, first of all? like, uh, What does your day look like? Yeah. Uh, depends. Uh, I guess. We had summer camps throughout the summer, and those will be some of our longer days because we hold summer camps for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be at 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. Teaching. Wow. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. a typical one now, I'll start 9 a.m., 10 a.m., usually with emails or messages. And use the first part of the day kind of to organize yourself so the last eight hours of the day go smooth. Okay. It's where everybody comes in and when everybody comes in and the gym gets really busy, that's the easiest part because it's just teaching and right. saying hi to people and introducing and welcoming and getting that nice vibe and culture within the gym. It's the, the build up to it, organizing all the little bits and pieces of the puzzle so the night will go smooth like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the day, I, I don't know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really write down like my hours or anything. No, so I don't know what I work. I mean, I'll go to bed on my phone just messaging people or um sending people messages or uh receiving messages responding to emails because it's just that's my life now i don't really think of it as 
work per se. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's good to. That's a neat way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. It is. It's just it's my life. Sure. So I I don't really know what the hours are. Yeah. Like, so I mean, today's my day off, but I. Well, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> this morning I was still looking up fight videos and right. looking uh checking out to see how people like ground games, the right. competition. So I don't know. It's all intermingled now. Yeah. I no, know. I get that. So so you know you help. Uh, Organize what schedules as well in terms of yes. training, teaching what, schedules, schedules for students, goal yeah. settings, um, uh, things for our after-school program. Talking yeah. with schools, see if we can get into the schools to do you know anti-bullying seminars or stranger danger awareness seminars. Oh yeah. So it, there's a lot of outside of the typical hours, the typical frame people see. There's yeah. a lot that goes on outside of it. Um, a lot of it has to do with the community too. You know, we try to get involved with different events and different uh, ways to impact in a positive way the community. So yeah. when it's not so much that we push, hey, come to our gym, come to our gym, but when the time comes and they're like, maybe I want to try something different. Yeah. Maybe I want my child to do martial arts. We've been in the community and we've made such a positive impact that we should be top of mind. We should right. be the first one that they're like, oh yeah, that Rockland gym. That Actually, I was going through something. Um, there's a Facebook feeds uh, for local, some of the smaller towns. So like Rockland has a specific Facebook feed and there was a, uh, a person who asked a question. Hey, I'm looking for something to do for my child, their birthday party. And man, somebody tagged my name in it just huh. as a comment to say, uh, hey, let them know about your birthday parties. And when I went to go scroll down to type in, well, the Rockland Academy of Martial Arts offers birthday parties. Yeah. Uh, five people from our gym had already done it. Uh, I'm like, awesome. this is amazing. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. So when you say, what is it like to run the gym? It's it's so rewarding. It's well, yeah. it, this bond that's that's made. Like you yeah. can talk about it too. This bond that happens. It's more than just the hobby. It's more than just uh, a place you go to work out or to. It becomes uh, uh, more of a lifestyle. And it becomes, you know, like almost obsessive at times. Like in a. <laughs> Yeah, you, you'll go to bed thinking about it. You wake up and like, man, I can't wait to train. And, like, and uh, it's very rewarding, especially when you see kids or somebody use something you've taught them to better themselves, not just in the gym, but like outside of the gym too. Yeah, yeah. It comes, it comes uh, very rewarding, and I feel very grateful for the opportunity, especially at Awama, mm-hmm. such a well-known gym and a, uh, a world-class. Like I've had the opportunity to train all over the world, yeah. and uh, it really puts into perspective how great and how... Uh, you know how well Pat's gym's doing Pat all of his gyms and so for me to say that I get to run one of the the locations like it's an honor it's a privilege Uh, I feel grateful for the opportunity and I want to do well of course because it's such a in my head such a big deal right yeah do you want to talk about how how you're creating a positive gym culture because I I know that uh, a lot of or some gyms it's very um it can be very scary at first mm-hmm. starting a new gym or there's a tight community and it's hard to kind of break in. Yeah. But what I found with the Oama gyms is there's not a lot of that. It's, no. a, it's very inclusive and, and it must be something that you, you guys are doing on purpose to create this kind of atmosphere. It, it's, you know, we remind ourselves of it, but a mm-hmm. lot of it is based on the instructors themselves. You know, if you want people to be positive, then as the leader or the, the instructor, you should be the positive one. So I think right. a lot of it is leading by example and being a role model to all the students, adults, and, and children. Um, but we set the example. 
So when people come in, I'm very warm and very welcoming. I'm not a very intimidating dude anyway. I don't have that like ruggedy look to me or anything. <laughs> right. I, I'm very unassuming. Sure. So uh, that's the best part. Yeah. yeah like it's, <laughs> so when people come into the gym, I'm very warm, very friendly, and we're all the other guys that run locations that uh, are on full time. They're also very warm and welcoming people. Mm-hmm. No egos. Yeah, Man, sure. you train really hard with high level dudes. Like we travel the world and we compete around the world you get smashed and humbled a lot and there's just no room for egos anymore. And in our gym, the people we bring in like on full time, they're, they are humble people because the ones who have the ego, the ones that have, you know, a chip on their shoulder, they don't last. They don't, they, they, that's how little negative energy spreads. And we, we cut that out. So we, uh, the the full time staff themselves lead by example, but then we also talk with the students, and we do it in the class. We we talk about you know helping each other out, and we are a team, and we are organized like a team. We fight like a family, and we we work together. Like if I'm being a wiener mm-hmm. and we're training, and I try to prove something to you, like I just made my team worse. Right. And if the team gets worse, then there's no way I'm going to get better. I need the team to get better so I can also grow. Right. So you learn to treat everybody the way you want to be treated. The whole concept and uh, foundation of martial arts is respect. So that's what we try to pass on. You know, Be humble, be friendly, be caring, be giving. Yeah. Bring your team up. If your team goes up, you will inevitably go up. Right. And it's like a, the, the latest kind of visual that I've been that hammer explained to me and that I've been passing on is it's like a ladder and there's people on every step of the ladder and I want to move up the ladder, but I'm not going to push people down and, or like jump over somebody. I'm going to help them get to their next step so I can move to my next step. And then everybody behind me should do the same. If we all want to move up to the top of the ladder, that's great. It can't help the person above you move up one step. And then there's tons of room for you at that next step. That makes sense. So we all move up the ladder together as a team. And when you keep that in mind, this team, this respect, this this positive attitude, and uh, then the vibe in the gym, a new person walks in, it's not just the person behind the desk that says, hi, welcome. Or the instructor says, hey, come on in. It's also the students. They're like, oh, great, new member, come on in. That's cool. And then they feel so welcome and warm. And uh, that's what makes it so special, more than just like a... A regular gym facility where everybody's doing their own thing. Like, yeah. you know, we're all we're all one. That's, we're all together. That's neat. Interesting. What what happens when you get someone come in like Keegan and he just he just absolutely demolishes everyone else and like they start feeling <laughs> bad? I just imagine. Does that ever happen where you get no, sick, like? Yeah, Rob, Rob's being very sarcastic. <laughs> I know, I know what he's saying. Though. Yeah, yeah. Keegan, <laughs> like Keegan is one of those examples of somebody who's always smiling yeah. and very friendly yeah, and warm. Yeah, like it's nice. uh, he like he fits the. Uh, the description that I was just explaining yeah, perfectly, yeah. but for sure we get people like that all the time. Yeah. Uh, usually those guys don't last because okay. sure you want to train hard. Like, man, that's great. Come train hard. We mm-hmm. have the competition class and you can train with the best guys in our gym. Sure. And what happens when these big mouth egotistical like gorillas come in is they get smashed by somebody half their size and they don't know how to take it. And they don't know how to, they don't, it doesn't make sense. They can't fathom why right. their big, strong, amazing bodies yeah. aren't beating up this guy who they have, you know, 50 pounds on. Sure. It doesn't make so, they become humbled really quickly and they either stick around and learn to, you know, help out everybody and yeah. 
learn to grow as a team or they don't come back. And Interesting. Martial arts is for everybody if you're open to the idea of bettering yourself. Yep. And some of these guys, they believe they're already the best. And if right. you're the best, yeah. it's, it's, sometimes it's hard and frustrating to kind of let them know, hey, you <laughs> try this. <That's> it. <laughs> just, just, just try. Yeah, just try. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, there, uh, is there any sort of internal friendly competition between you and other uh, managers of other gyms? Like we had Mark uh, Boots host on, on yeah. the podcast before, and he, we know that he runs his gym out of... Carlton Place. Sort of Carlton Place. That's yeah. It. And, you know, do you and Boots or do you and someone, someone else have, like, internal competitions in terms of, oh, my, my gym's doing this? Uh, sometimes, you know. Okay, we, have, do it. <laughs> we We keep it relative. Like, okay. Mark's gym is uh, the newest location and it's huh? in Carlton Place. So, like, if we have a seminar, yeah. he's not going to get as many people as Carling's going right. to get. I'm not going to get as many people as, like, Kanata's going to get. Right. Like the, But I, I use it as like a, a guide and we'll all do it relative. So yeah, we do have, who's going to get the most people for this or who cool. do you think, uh, uh, what, what events are you signed up for this month or how many names did you get on this event? And, uh, so we'll do it friendly and I we'll like just kind of like chat with each other. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. We are still like grown men that play. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> keep things exciting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a friendly competition, but we do keep it relative because all the gyms are different, different student bases, mm-hmm. different communities, different vibes within the community. So yeah, of course. We keep it relative, but always, always fun. I love sure. that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, why don't we skip to a game? Uh, Keegan has a game that he prepared. I do, Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Ready. one's just for Fred, right? Uh, yeah, I think Fred will, will, will lead, lead, lead this game. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, good. Kind of chime we, in. sounds good. Fred, we thought because we have such a seasoned... Uh, Fighter such as yourself, we play a game called "Who Would Win in a Fight." Yeah, I wrote "Who Who Would Like Win in a Fight." Yeah. <laughs> who would like win in a fight? But just <laughs> basic. who would win in a fight? <laughs> so I'll name two two factions or two kind of different people. Got it. And we have to. And we would like a breakdown, an analysis of you know the pros and cons of both, the strengths, the weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, who do you think would win? This is gonna I'm be ready. good. This is gonna All be right, weird. The first one is. And this is a team one. It's a weird one to start, I guess. No, no. Okay, let's do a single one. So the Philly Fanatic. Do you know who the Philly Fanatic is? I have no idea. Okay, I also oh. did not know that. <laughs> I was taking for granted you would. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Let's do Philly Fanatic. Yeah, it's a different mascot. What's the sense? Spartacat. Spartacat. You know okay. Spartacat? Yeah. Sense mascot. <laughs> Spartacat versus the Kool-Aid Man. Oh, what are your initial thoughts? Kool-Aid Man. Anyone? Kool-Aid Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a size advantage. He has a big size advantage. Yeah. Man, he smashes through a wall. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he does. And he's so positive, too. It's de- it's demeaning. You get yeah. the yeah. Spartacat trying to hit him. You're like, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Spartacat's gonna be frustrated. Right. He's gonna hit a wall. Yeah. You know, the Kool-Aid man is, uh, is basically a concrete wall. Yeah. Uh, and then cats don't like water. Oh, oh that's true. Yeah. Kool-Aid yeah. man just like huh. jumps head first on him, drowns yeah. him. Yeah. There you go. He doesn't look top heavy to you, Kool-Aid man. <laughs> he many runs through walls. I can only it's go true. by what he I've does. seen. That's true. That that's a very good point. Yeah. You guys have any any other Defensive Spartacat. I was going to say, he's got a glass jaw, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So one, one good punch. Might, might <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Interesting, okay. interesting. That's it. All right. Well, it sounds like Kool-Aid Man wins that one. Excellent. Okay. This next one's a team challenge. Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, brain oh, busters. Man. That's it. Both skilled in uh, martial arts, yeah. theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Power Rangers don't have weapons, right? They, they're just punching and kicking. Power Rangers have, have weapons. weapons. Do they? Yeah. When they morph. It's morph and die. Right. What do they do? They have guns? Yeah. And they oh. uh, some of them have swords, and then they can... Whoa! Have, I did not know that. Then they have the... Uh, yeah, the... Yeah. Okay. Dinobots, or what do they call Yeah, them? I don't even know what they are. There it is. Yep. It's more than time. Okay, yeah, so both and have weapons. So there's both five. There are five for both of them. Four nin- Ninja Turtles. I guess it's Splinter. There's there's him too. So let's go five on five. Okay. Yeah, five. Okay. Yeah, Master Splinter. Initial reaction. <laughs> I grew up more watching Power Rangers yeah. than I did Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. But they have the dinosaurs. You're talking about first season Power Rangers, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. Mighty, Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Mighty Morphin. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then if they all come together, man, they haven't lost yet. They haven't even... It's they've been in trouble, yeah. But, uh, Undefeated, so have, yeah. So have Ninja Turtles. They've been in trouble, but they keep coming out on top. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to go Power Rangers, Power Rangers. given their, so. their dinosaurs and Zordon's guidance and Alf, yeah. Alpha. Alpha, yeah. No, I guess they have a Megazord too, eh? That's what I mean. They all come together and make one Megazord. So, and that's pretty intimidating. So, Ninja Turtles come together, you have a pizza party. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. less intimidating. So, Ninja Turtles would win eating competition. And I think perhaps like a one-on-one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, You know, natural ninja, natural ninja turtle versus (laughs) sure unpowered power. Yeah, Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of monsters. The ninja turtles. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I haven't seen the new one, but they look pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Power. Good insight. I like this. All right. Ronald McDonald. Got it. Versus the Wendy's girl. Wendy. Yeah. Her name's just Wendy. I think her name's Wendy. Yeah. (sighs) No last name. It's probably Ronald. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's pretty scary. Yeah, it has like <laughs> size 18 feet or yeah. whatever. Just yeah. <laughs> clowns in general. It's true. Oh, it'd be psychological. Be, like, yeah, if they were to like step in a ring and some guy's dressed up as a clown in a ring, like this guy has to be a psycho. Has to. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that's the only explanation. Yeah. yeah okay. Has to. Okay. <laughs> but you get a girl, pigtails and freckles in a nice sundress, mm-hmm. standing in a ring. That's also pretty creepy. Yeah. But I'm assuming yeah. Ronald McDonald has been through more hard times. I think so. He's got yeah. some Just look deep, at his eyes. Deep yeah. psychological <laughs> issues. Exactly. There you that, go. That uh, he'll probably when he has Dave bring Thomas out. in his He's <laughs> 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 throwing the towel. Oh. All right. So Ronald, Ronald's that one. Okay. All right. Uh, two more. This one. Well, this one's a bit abstract. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> the others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is hope versus fear. Which one wins in a fight? <laughs> you philosophical. Oh, that's a really tough one. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like the idea of hope. Really? When when it comes to fighting, no. Right. You don't want to hope you win. It's not concrete. Yeah. No. Ah. It hope is. Well, I hope I put enough work in. No. Right. You, right. you know whether or not you put the. There's always going to be fear. Mm-hmm. If there isn't fear, you're probably not on edge. You're not sharp. Right. Fear is like an important part. Yes. Of- I would say fear is an important part of competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you hope you get the opportunities in right. different areas, but for fighting, fear would have to win. Fear. Okay. I, I get that. Absolutely. Okay. That's Good answer. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Last one. Amon versus Rob. Who wins in a fight? <laughs> Rob's got the size. But yeah. Yeah. Amon's place is really nice, which tells me. It's true. He's, 
is Probably doing pretty well. intellectual dude. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Rob's place, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's got Dexter game yep. right over here. Might just straight up kill him. Yeah, so he's probably <laughs> taking some notes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and you can't judge a book by its cover. It's true. Amon's got right. that X factor. We, we have a fight, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one way to settle it. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll okay. We'll call that one a draw. Well, sure, draw. yeah. I think that'd be smart. And of course, that was Who Would Like Win in a Fight? <laughs> <laughs> Good. You know, I, like we did that especially for your episode because you're a martial artist. But <laughs> I think it'd be fun to like have that as a game we play every week. It's a good one. And just like if we have a doctor on, we're like, which one of these diseases which would win? <laughs> <it all?" laughs> yeah. I'm not against that. All right, we'll, we'll try. That's cool. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. It makes you think. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's we got it. some good answers. That was, that was that's hope fun. and fear. Yeah, Speaking of good. like competition and fear, can, do you want to talk about competing at? Because you compete at a very very high level. You get to travel and you get to go. Places. Do you want to talk about you know where competing takes you and the mentality of competition? Yeah. So, I'm lately. It's the competition level has been going up, and my opportunities have been uh, very vast. It's been it's been pretty crazy, actually. Mm. Uh, so I started competing maybe two and a half, three years ago in Muay Thai, and oh my god, it was so scary. The first that first fight. My very first fight was in the casino, Lac Limi, and there's like eight, nine hundred people there. And the only thing I remember is them saying, Fred Stonehouse, and then it just went black. I remember getting tunnel vision, walking out, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there's like little glimpses of the fight. I hit him with the right hand. Uh, it kicked him. That's it. Yeah. Uh, there's so much pressure, yeah. right? The pressure is insane in your first competition. And uh, when it's all done, I met, the first one was definitely the most uh, intimidating, the most fear, because you don't, you can't really prepare for it. You hear people talk about it. Oh, mm-hmm. I fought in front of thousands of people, and yeah. um, that guy's trying to remove my face. Like you hear about <laughs> it, and you're like, no, but you train hard, you're okay. You're like, okay, I got it. I'll just I'll take his word. I train hard, I got mm-hmm. it. But still, come fight time, you're like, <sighs> yeah. And oh. it's, it's so much mental, you know getting into that zone, relaxing. And uh, I can't prepare, like I can't really explain what the first fight's going to be like because everybody's going to be different. Uh, the best way to get over that fear or not overcome it, but more embrace it or acknowledge it or learn to deal with it is to compete more. The best mm-hmm. way to get good at anything is through repetition and practice. So that first fight, yeah, I won. Oh, and then... Nice. Um, Two weeks later, I had my second fight, wow. and then a few weeks after that, I, I had my third fight, and then it just kept going like that. And it was yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy! And then after doing some Muay Thai, I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I started competing. And my first Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament made it to the finals, and then a guy caught me in a choke I had never seen before and put me to sleep. And uh-huh. uh, so I kind of woke up on the mats, and uh, I was scared for all those tournaments too. I'd already had something like five or six, maybe seven Muay Thai fights. And then I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I was nervous for my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fights. And then I had MMA fights, and I got nervous for those. Nerves and fear, are all, uh, that's part of it. It's, mm-hmm. But you learn to understand that it's part of it, and it doesn't overwhelm you. Hmm. It doesn't overtake you. I think a big part of martial arts is, not, is learning not only how to control your body, so I know how to do my punches and kicks and takedowns and grappling, but also learning how to control your mind. 
So when fear is there or pressure is on, you don't buckle and you don't panic and you don't stress out like a lot of people would. When a high pressure situation arises, I want to know that I could do things that perhaps other people couldn't do. Or I'll be able to maintain a certain level of composure that other people would struggle to do. And that's only through putting yourself in those high level situations. So I've competed, what, two and a half years I was saying. And I've had nine Muay Thai fights, five MMA fights, 16 or 17 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. And I guess one Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu super fight now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so that just happened on the weekend. And then there's in-houses or smokers and stuff like that too where it's you versus another guy within the gym and right you of course there's still a crowd watching the pressure still after doing the the legit competitions like the sanctioned events the in-houses aren't very intimidating anymore right, right. but uh it still keeps you on your toes because man i just did one two weekends ago and I, it took me about four days before I could close my mouth properly. Still, oh, yeah. oh, still wow. hit pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, I've, I've been competing a lot and in different areas and different styles because my end goal is pretty far off and it's pretty, it's like a, one that's going to be very difficult to attain, but it's one that I'm embracing that challenge. And uh, I'll just say it, I want to I wanna fight in the UFC and I don't just want to mm -hmm. be a, like a guy who, who, uh, my, my goal isn't just UFC. I want to be a, a, a top 10 UFC fighter. Right. And of course, I reassess my goals as I get closer and closer. And right now, it's top 10 in the UFC. But even beyond that, would be like a top 10 within the weight division. And then okay. it, right. once you hit one, then you try to go for the next. But that's my end goal. And that's why I'm doing so, much, so many Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Like I've been mm -hmm. to California a bunch of times for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've traveled all through. Uh, you know, Montreal, Toronto, uh, Ontario region, uh, New York City, um, Abu Dhabi. We flew oh. to Abu Dhabi, competed there. Right. That's like a, a the big jiu-jitsu The biggest right? one is Worlds. So you have to, for Abu Dhabi, you have to do these trials. Mm -hmm. And when you do these trials, you kind of gauge where you are because everybody's trying to come and qualify for right. the big tournament in Abu Dhabi. And so last year I had done two Abu Dhabi tournaments and, uh, or trials, and I had taken gold in both of those. And so Pat's like, okay, let's do a fundraiser. We'll raise the funds and get you over to Abu Dhabi. So we put together this really awesome campaign, and the amount of support was incredible. And we were able to uh, get the flight over to Abu Dhabi, and we, I competed there. And I would say it's in the top three or four competitions oh. in terms of quality, but mm -hmm. it's huge, man. Like, yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, it was like something like six hours behind. It oh was, my it was, gosh. There were so many people. <laughs> I was supposed to compete at one time and it was like almost 10 o'clock at night before I stepped on the mats and it was oh, wow. so crazy. Mm -hmm. Usually you compete, you have like 5, 10, 15 minutes to rest, relax, come back and compete again. Sure. Here I competed in my first match as I was walking off the mat. So I finished my guy in a minute something and then as I was walking off the mats... The referee's like, oh, we got your next guy. I'm like, oh. So I just, uh, oh, just oh, turn around. Yeah. Didn't even leave the mat. I'm like, oh, okay. Compete against the second guy. A little bit tougher, but okay. I submitted him with a, with a Kimura. And then I walk off the mats. And as I'm walking back to the room to sit for five minutes, mm -hmm. as I'm walking back, they're like, we got your third guy. I'm like, oh, my God. That's insane. So I walked. I didn't even make it. I made it like 
10, 15 feet away. And even the, the coach, Pat Coolgan, he's like, what's going on, Fred? I'm like, I don't know. They're telling me to fight. <laughs> so I'll go fight. That oh, one went man. to uh, a decision. Like, I went the whole... Abu Dhabi's a little longer. I think it's six-minute rounds. Okay. Uh, but well, anyway, I made it... <laughs> we went to a decision on that guy. Now I'm dead. My forearms are fried. I can't do any... Like, I can't make a fist. If somebody were to shake my hand, they think I'm a little girl. Cause I, <laughs> like, I, just, I don't have any strength left. I, I go to the back room and I sit down. They're like, you're up in two minutes. I'm like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> Got it. And then I, I went against this one guy in the, the semifinals. And he beat me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just had nothing left. Yeah. I don't know when he competed. There were 107 yeah, people in our division. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So uh, That's pretty intense. So yeah. I made it to top eight out of 100. And, mm-hmm. and this is all around the world. So I fought a guy from... First guy was from Abu Dhabi. Second guy was from Japan. Third guy was from Russia. And then the fourth guy was from Kazakhstan. Huh. So, mm-hmm. I, and I, so I made it to top eight. That guy beat me. And then I think he went on to win bronze or silver. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the like, top three or four tournaments. Um, the Pan Am Games is the second largest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament in the world, and that one uh, I took bronze in. And then uh, in the World Championships, that was in the end of May in California. Um, that one, I just everything just clicked that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I hit a new mental state where a lot of times you go in and you're like, I'm gonna to prove to everybody that I am that I deserve to be here and that I can be the best. That's your inner and, fighter monologue. Yeah. 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 That's my professor Frank. My, yeah. Make you laugh, make you think. Uh, but in this tournament, something clicked and something happened where it wasn't I'm gonna prove I'm the best, it was I am the best. Right. Yeah. And these guys have to try and beat me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it happened like that. And it wasn't like a cocky and arrogant thing. It was just this like, man, I've put the time in and I've put the effort in. And I'm ready. I'm just ready. Yeah. Still nervous, of course, but I was ready. And uh, made it to the finals. And then the guy I had in the finals, we had this back and forth battle. He actually competed the year before and took bronze the year before. And then stayed at the same belt level <laughs> because he wanted to take gold. Right. Wow. Yeah. So he was already top three in the world the year before. Made it. Yeah. And then... Uh, like, Which is kind of a faux pas, right? Like, you're yeah. You're not like, supposed to do that. You know, I, I, I give him... Credit, because a lot of guys just want to jump through the belt rankings. So to mm-hmm. hold yourself back knowing you're that good um, could be considered like a, a sandbagging move. But it's also yeah. uh, takes some some guts and some balls to say, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to move on to my next belt yet. I want to be the best. Okay. So we had this back and forth battle. I tried flying arm bars, flying triangles, <laughs> shooting in for takedowns. He couldn't take me down. I couldn't take him down. Eventually, I, pu- I pulled for some attack, and he passed my guard, and he got his points for the, the guard pass, and oh. then I regained my guard and uh, started attacking again, and uh, time was up, and he took it, so I took ah. silver in the world championships, and uh, oh, he, took, uh, he took gold. And, uh, but So these, have, these competitions have taken me everywhere, and I've had the mm-hmm. opportunities to, to really test my physical abilities, too, but it's also a mental thing, too. I'm kind of weird in the sense that when guys get nervous or there are a lot of people when there's a competition there, they get like jacked. They're like, they get fidgety and moving and they're like, oh, I can't sit still. Like, man, I just want to get it done. But it's weird. As the pressure gets higher, I get more and more relaxed and I, I fall asleep like every <laughs> every competition, every tournament. Like, and they're like, you're competing today. I'm like, great. 
pop. And then, I'm out, <laughs> and then I just take like a half hour nap. I wake up and my mind's very clear. And mm. maybe my heart's racing early in the day because I'm overthinking. You sure. know, did I train enough? Did I, what if this guy does this to me? This is what I'm having issues with. What if he does that to me? And your mind overthinks. I'm like, shut up, mind. And then I pass, <laughs> I pass out. And when I wake up, everything is clear. It's this very weird feeling yeah. to step into a, uh, a ring knowing somebody else is trying to do you know very not very friendly things to you sure. <laughs> still a lot of respect it's kind of weird like yeah, yeah it's it's but that mindset is something i can't really explain because mm-hmm. it's it's clear there's no nerves there's yeah. no once once you're in the ring leading up to yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of nerves. <laughs> but once cage door or you jump the ring or you're on the mat and they say go there's nothing <laughs> and then you fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On the mat. <laughs> that only happened once. Yeah. But uh, it's the, the, the Japanese call it mushin, and it's this emptiness, this mind, no mind. It's very clear, calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't overthink. You don't stress. It's just it's just go time. Your body just doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it's a very weird feeling. Fred, do you want to talk about some of the stuff you like to to do in Ottawa, like when when you're not training or? Or at the gym? Like, are there places you like to go or things you like to do? Yeah, Ottawa has... It's a beautiful city. So if you go to the Byward Market, just looking at some of the architecture there and some of the history of that place, just to take a nice walk and go to, like, a farmer's market down there or mm-hmm. some of the, the restaurants down there, it's great. Yeah. I'm I, So I appreciate that part of Ottawa, but I really like the country and I really like nature and I really like being outside. So when I have time and... I want to get away, then uh, I like to find, you know, trails, hiking trails or um, places where I can go and just walk. And there's a lot of nice trails, whether it's in Ottawa or on the Gatineau side or the outskirts of Ottawa. Right. There's a lot of nature. There's a mm-hmm. lot. Like, Ottawa is pretty spread out, but in between these main areas, there's a lot of nature, a lot of nice trails and trees and cliffs and rocks and streams and... Yeah. Just be part of that and yeah. very calming. Mm-hmm. Anywhere you, you were in recently? Any any like specific? Uh, I well, I've been preparing for a lot of fights, so I try to get a workout in at the same time. Yeah. So I did the uh, Pink Lake Trail, where there's a ton of. Oh, uh, nice! I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Where is that? It's like in Gatineau. Yeah, it's in the Gatineau Park area, and it's okay. There's just I don't I don't know maybe two kilometers, but yeah, it's, it's like, like a loop like around. The yeah, lake, and it's right? like two kilometers of stairs. Oh, you're I just see. going up Jeez. and down and up yeah. and down. So I ran it twice and oh, get a crazy sweat going. But yeah. the water's so calm, the trees, the nature. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I, that that was there. I like to go to Lusk Falls. Lusk Falls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another really nice place. A very challenging hike. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I run it because I'm out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, the, those those are kind of the things I like to do. There's uh, right. Mer Bleu around here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just make up your own. Sometimes just find a nice hill where in the winter time kids would go tobogganing. I'll go run it. And be part sure. of the grass and the trees and yeah, hippy dippy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. That's good stuff. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I think uh, we're running up on time. Eh? We are running up on time. So why don't we give Fred a chance to? Uh, why don't you promote or? Plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's anything Oloma, mm-hmm. just list it. So my life is all based around the Ottawa Academy of Martial Arts and uh, I 
it's part of my job, I guess you would say. I don't consider it really a job, but it's it's part of my job to to promote it and 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 have people want to come in. But just as like a martial artist, because I'm a martial artist first and foremost. If I wasn't working here, I'd be training here. Right. Uh, I just I'm very lucky, and I get to train here. I mean, I get to work here. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if somebody is looking to change change it up, you know, have a change of pace, try something new. Um, do something outside of just going to the gym or going for a run, I would recommend trying martial arts. I, of course, the Ottawa Academy of Martial Arts is very high level. We, we go to all sorts of extreme lengths to make sure we are above and beyond the competition in terms of Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Krav Maga, uh, MMA, every aspect, kids programs, after school programs, summer camp, uh, birthday parties. We do it all, but also on the business side too. Pat's very smart and very strategic and very, uh, you know, he looks at the bigger picture. And uh, if you're looking to do it at a high-level place, very warm, welcoming, get a great workout, meet some great people, learn something, you know, constructive and better yourself, not just physically but mentally too, then I would try martial arts. I'd recommend Ottawa Academy Martial Arts, but I also recommend any martial arts. If you're all, you're going to see benefits from it. You find a legitimate place, you're going to receive benefits. So... Yeah, Awama, I'd, I would definitely push, and uh, that's kind of my main, my main part of my life right now. Yeah, I play music and I have a YouTube channel, and um, I'm looking to slowly build my repertoire on songs, and I write songs too. But that's kind of like a side thing. I, I, it's not something I push too much because it's I don't have the time to really, you know, have that take off. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What, what yeah. kind of music is that, by the way? Right now, I've, I've been focusing more on acoustics. So lately, there's been acoustic stuff. But it, I, I do a big mix of everything. So I have like vocal highlights on there of like uh, Bon Jovi and Aerosmith ah, and sure. um, Skid Row, things yeah. like that. But uh, right now, I've been doing some acoustic covers. And I've had uh, two people, one coming up in the next few weeks. I'm going to be playing at his wedding. Oh, it's cool. actually Nick. Oh yeah, yeah he awesome. wants me to play and sing at his wedding, <laughs> yeah. and I've done it once before last year. So the word's slowly spreading. It's something that uh, I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my pastime to kind of clear my head. Is I'll pick up the guitar and I'll play, kind of zone out. Yeah, and uh, it's a change from martial arts and training and really beating up my body. Now I get to play sure. yeah. something soothing and relaxing. So music's my what is my youtube youtube.com slash freddy stonehouse i think it is cool. f-r-e-d-d-y stonehouse we'll, we'll link it on our page yeah. okay cool yeah. uh but that's something that i've been doing kind of on the side when i have time maybe maybe it's once a month maybe it's once every three months but Why it's not? when i have time i'll record something and put it up there cool that's very yeah what what got you into that uh a like, band in high school, we, exactly. we went to do a talent show, and then we started playing in different venues around Ottawa, like Mavericks and Cafe Day Cuff, and yeah, awesome. then we won Battle of the Bands, and we played in Capitol Music Hall, Ooh. and then uh, at when I was like 18, when I was in the band, going to work, going to school, <laughs> and training martial arts, they're like, man, you got to make a choice, you know, we want to play music, we're going to start going far, I'm like, KCN okay, martial arts, and, uh, <laughs> and they all went their ways, I did my way, and I've always stayed on top of music, still practicing, you know, when you're playing, driving in the car, you just blare your vocals, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you're just the like best, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've been doing since, well, good stuff, yeah. cool. not bad, alright, uh, Keegan, where can uh, the listeners find us? Our website's ottawatpodcast.com. Uh, you can send us an email at mail at ottawapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Want to hang out 
or send us stuff. You can send us jokes. Yeah. <laughs> if you want. We, we sometimes we do a news segment, so we get like we, we write our own jokes. But if you think you can do a better one, then write it and we'll read it. Credit if it's you. good. Obviously. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a really good one. I say right. it to the kids all the time. Let's hear it. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Why? I don't know. Because they're really good at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kids would love that joke. Yeah, <laughs> kids, no, kids are always like, elders don't climb trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're the, too big. Like, you know. spend the entire day like thinking of it. Yeah, like, trying to work it I out. love it. I love it. It's so like you didn't see that coming. Yeah. 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 What's Mario's favorite kind of overalls? What kind? Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> These kids tell me the best jokes ever. I have, yeah, the, I have the best worst jokes you could think of. I, I like that's it. Good. I like it. I'm trying to think of like a trunk joke when it came to yeah. the elephant thing. I'm like it's something to do with the trunk. Nope. I keep I keep telling myself yeah. when I am a dad, I'm gonna be the best dad because I got all the best. You got dad all jokes. the dad jokes. I got that's all the best jokes. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Rob, tell us about uh, Audible. Audible is our sponsor, uh, as they are most episodes. Uh, Audible, Audible.com is a website that provides uh, audiobooks and different kinds of audio products to enjoy. Uh, if you don't like reading, like uh, Keegan often says, he does not. Uh, it's nice having audiobooks read to you, having books read yeah, to you. They read you a book. Yeah. And uh, so if, if you go to our link, which is audibletrial.com slash what, you can get a free audiobook download and 30 days to try out their, their uh, service for free. And they have 180,000 different audio products. They have apps for iPhone and Android. And they have uh, a really great website with all kinds of uh, good search functionality to find the book you want. Yeah, great. You get Thanks. a free book and we get $10,000. That's not what right? we get. <laughs> if, everyone, we wish. if everyone in Ottawa signed up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's, uh, let's finish up this episode with uh, Fred saying Ottawa. Ottawa?